Good morning. I'm going to be reading Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 23. This is the NIV. Um, okay. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, this which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. All right. That's it. Hey, Monsieur. Good morning. We're glad that we get to be here all together in this different kind of way. Um, it's an opportunity for us, specifically this Sunday, where we wanted to be able to take communion together. And so we're going to do that whether you have the worship guide and you do that after watching this video and then going through the worship guide. There's prompts for prayer and different readings that you can do. But the hope is that at the end of whatever way you choose to interact with this, that there would be an opportunity to take communion, whether that's with the family or in a Zoom group where we take it with a number of us all together. Um, it's something that we do every week. And today, because we're in Luke chapter 22, we're picking up where we left off last week, where Jesus um, talked about the Passover meal. And we talked about the symbols of Passover and the importance of those symbols and the kind of story that those symbols tell. And so today, as we continue on in Luke chapter 22, um, Jesus basically begins what we now call communion or Eucharist. The Passover meal was rich in symbolism and Jesus, right before his death, um, goes and asks his disciples to prepare this meal. He doesn't ask them to write anything down or, rem or have this um, lesson, but instead he sits with them and has this meal and that meal was to tell a story and Jesus gives those old symbols those traditional symbols new meaning in this moment um, as he institutes the Lord's Supper he breaks the bread and acknowledges that his body is going to be broken and then he lifts up the cup and he blesses it and he talks about the blood of this new covenant that he is about to um, usher in consummate through his death and then he says to the disciples, do this in remembrance of me. He realizes that they're going to need something tangible, um, something to hold on to, something to actually taste, because they're about to stare down what is going to be a very, very hard moment. And so he makes a table. He sets a table and he sets a table and he fills it with his love. That the retelling of the story can be a picture of God's care and his might and his redemptive power in rescue. And he sets a table in love. And he does that by using these symbols, these ancient symbols that he gives new meaning. 
as Heather just explained, and as we talked about last week in the video where we walked through the Passover meal and the Passover symbols, when Jesus gathers with his disciples for the communion meal, it is on the night of Passover. And so you have this meal that is laden with hope and memory and stories and promises, stories of Israel being called out of Egypt into a new life, but also the stories of families that would have taken Passover together, like Peter when he was a young boy would have taken Passover. And that's true for everyone who is gathered there. It's this meal that is laden with memories and hopes and promises. And if you listen to last week or know the story of Passover, then you know that it's a story that's laden with remembering God's rescue from Egypt. It's a way for Israel to practice what it means to be the people of this God who rescued them from Egypt. Before they entered into the wild, they had this habit and rhythm and practice that formed them into a kind of people. And then as they were in the wild, taking this meal, it pointed towards an ultimate hope. A rescue that was coming, that was like the Exodus, that was like being delivered from Egypt, but even more substantive. And so as they took this meal, it defined their narrative and their story, and it laid in their life with hope. And on that same night, Passover night with his disciples, Jesus, as Heather already explained, takes the bread and the cup. And he says, this is the new covenant. And in effect, what's happening in that moment is that Jesus is taking those elements on Passover and saying all of the hopes that you've had, all of the promises that you've heard, all of the stories that you've been rehearsing for hundreds of years, well, they find their fulfillment in me. This is the story that you have been waiting for. And this plays out in three maybe big, simple ways. The first is that Jesus takes the bread and he breaks it and he says, this is my body that was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In this moment, it, it doesn't necessarily resonate 100% with the disciples, but it will soon because it is symbolic of something that is to come. That In just a few hours, Jesus will be broken on the cross. And he will, in that moment, take into himself all of the weapons of evil, the hate, the violence, the frailty of human existence, the uncertainty, and even death. And like the bread that has been broken, he will be broken so that he can extend himself to us. So that we can receive a part of him and receive an invitation to his table. And so when Jesus is doing this meal with the disciples and he breaks the bread and he takes the cup and he says, this is the new covenant. He's saying like, I am actually making this a reality for you. My life, my death, I am inaugurating something new on the cross, being broken so that you might have a peace, so that you might have a home, so that you might come to this table. And that's true for us. Because we tell this story and take the bread and the cup, whether we do that on a Sunday here, or we do it in our own home, or we do it through Zoom group, or you do it with whatever kind of strange cracker and juice you could find in your home, the remembrance is that you have been invited, welcomed, and called to the table of Jesus. And that he has made provision in himself for you to be there. So that's the first thing that the, the, the table reminds us. The second thing that the table reminds us of in this moment is that we have been formed, like Israel before us, into a kind of people. 
Now, right after Jesus explains that he's break, his body will be broken for the disciples, you have this dispute arises in Luke 22, verse 24. And it says, A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. This is like a mind-bending moment. Jesus has literally just said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Here is my blood, which is spilt for you. I'm inviting you to the table. And immediately following that moment, the disciples begin to have a conversation about who will be the greatest in the kingdom of Jesus. Like just a way to totally miss the moment in the tone that Jesus is laying down in that moment. So they begin to have this conversation. And Jesus says to them in that moment this. It says, Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord authority over them. And those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, the person with the least power and honor in a family, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater? The one who is at the table or the one who serves? Well, normally it's the one who's at the table, but I am among you as one who serves. See, Jesus takes the the moment of the table, the gestures, the symbols, the practice of the table, the story that he's just told, and he tells the disciples, like, this is about me being a servant, a sacrificial servant who gives of himself so that you might have a space at the table. And so for then for us to come to the table, to participate in the bread and the cup, it is both to receive the life of Jesus and also to be invited into participation with the life of Jesus. And that's true every week as we gather around, we are both receiving and being called to participate in the way and life of Jesus. Just like the Passover meal we talked about last week, this meal is given to shape a kind of people to tell a kind of story. In Israel, they were surrounded by Rome, and so it's meant to say, be different than Rome. Like, this kingdom works different. It's upside down. It's servant-oriented. It's a table, not a courtroom, not a throne room. Our invitation is to be a people who are constituted by the sacrificial servant love of Jesus because we have received the sacrificial servant love of Jesus and are now free. So that's number two. And finally, the table points us towards the culmination of Jesus' work. The bread and the cup, they both remind us that Jesus' work has begun, but it is not yet finished. It has been inaugurated, but it is not yet consummated. It is already, but it is also not yet. And as we hold the elements in our hands, the bread and the cup, we actually hold attention. Attention that Jesus has begun something, that he's called us into it, that he laid the table with the disciples, that the kingdom is at hand, but also that we know that we are not done yet. And the world still groans, and adoption is not finished, and redemption is still to come. And I don't think that there is a better moment for us to hear that story than right now. That as we hold these elements, regardless of whether that's in this moment or at our home or in a Zoom group, that when we hold those elements, we hold a story that can deal with the tension of our moment. 
there's no better time for us to remember that as we hold these elements, we remember that this is not the end of our story, but that our narrative arc, just like the people of Israel's narrative arc, it bends towards hope because of Jesus, that it has a consummation, that it has an ending, and we celebrate that and remember that as we take the bread. We remember that our story ends in the freedom of Jesus' sacrificial love, not the tyranny of death or uncertainty or frailty. That's why he gave us a meal before the disciples were to enter into the wild of his ascension. He's about to leave, and he's going to send his spirit to be with them, but before he sends his spirit, he gives them a meal like the people of Israel received before they entered the wild. And that's why, so they could remember that they have been rescued and redeemed. So they would be formed into a new kind of people who operate differently, who look differently, who remember that our story is different, and so that we would remember that our story is one that always ends in hope. And so, Missio, that's why we are sharing this meal together. We share it together today in order to remember to remember that um, we are people who are free, that we are new humans, that we're redeemed people and that we've been redeemed by the love of Christ. And there's nothing that can take that love away from us. This meal invites us um, to remember that and to live not in that tyranny that um, Johnny talked about, the tyranny of anxiety or fear or... um, but to let ourselves remember what it means to be the people of Jesus. Um, It's an opportunity for us to remember, to remember who we are, to remember that we have been named by love, that Christ has gone before us and that he prepared a table for us. And this is the table so that we would have tangible hope in this moment, that we are free, that we are loved, and that we have hope of ultimate consummation, that death doesn't have victory over us, that pain and anxiety and uncertainty doesn't have a stranglehold on us, Mm -hmm. but instead um, we have the presence of Jesus by his spirit who consistently rehearses in us that we are held and that we are safe in his love. And so we share this meal together to remember that, to root ourselves and ground ourselves It gives us opportunity to repent, to say sorry for the ways that that stranglehold has made us act out of anxiety, in ways that we've hurt people that we've loved in our homes this week, or in ways that we have realized that we have bought into the narrative of of these bigger stories that want to invite us into fear and anxiety and uncertainty. And we get in this moment to repent of that, to turn away from that and remember love, remember security and hope. We also get to um, let ourselves be grounded again in the one whose love was demonstrated through service and sacrifice. And in so doing, we allow his presence to transform us into being the kinds of people that, like Johnny said, we partake this bread is broken and then we partake in it. Um, We partake in being people who are formed by that rescue and that love and that hope of Jesus in order to be able to extend that Mm. into the world in which we live. So Missio, today as you take your bread and you dip it in your cup,
Do it in remembrance of Christ, the one who offers you hope, the one who offers you consistent love, and the one who invites you to his table to know him. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for um, these words today, these words that um, ground us in that which is true, that you um, want us to be called into rescue and redemption and freedom, rescue and redemption and freedom from anxiety and from fear, from the fear of death even, and that you call us into life a life that breathes out peace, a life that breathes out love, a life that breathes out forgiveness, a life that is able to breathe out joy even in moments like this. And so I pray that, uh, Missio, that we would be a people of your table, a people of this meal, and that as we share this meal together today, that there would be something that transpires because of the knowing of your presence with us through your spirit that there would be a new life that we experience today and into this week. Holy Spirit, that you would be our guide and that you would be the one that calls us consistently into hope. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.